Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. Today is going to be the end of our Converted series, and I feel like we have accomplished quite a bit in this series as far as drawing attention to our inner person and making ourselves more suitable for God's use. And that was the whole point of this, setting ourselves apart, um, what's God's responsibility, what's our responsibility, dealing with these things that we've dealt with inside. So today we wanted to talk about dealing with insecurity. Now, we don't have to get a show of hands of people who've ever dealt with insecurity or self-doubt because everybody would have to raise both hands and both feet. All of us are very accustomed to that feeling of not feeling good enough, that feeling of feeling less than or um, not having all the tools to accomplish whatever that set goal is, whether that means that goal is something that you have for yourself or that's something that's being put on you, I guess uh, we could say it that way. So the whole idea of insecurity and self-doubt is one of those things where we're kind of like on the line. And we, Rachel and I were talking last night about it in the context of God and in the context of not being arrogant and not being overconfident. Where does insecurity and confidence start and stop with God? Because there's a level of us that has to be dependent on God, but then there's also a level of us that has to kind of agree with God. So that's kind of where we're going to be talking about today. And a character that I think would be very important and very pertinent, not important, but pertinent for us to use, where we can kind of see ourselves in this area is Moses. We all know the story of Moses. We saw, a lot of us saw the Prince of Egypt. A lot of us know he's probably one of the most popular Bible characters. So I think talking about his journey, talking about what he had gone through, and then talking about how God dealt with his perceived insecurities, the things that he went through in his life before he became this great prophet. See, the thing is, we're all on a journey to becoming what God has called us to be. But a lot of that journey is us dealing with ourselves and us looking in the mirror and God saying one thing or you feeling one thing and then dealing with that delicate balance of, am I even qualified for this? Can I do this? Am I equipped for this or whatever? And just to kind of reiterate what you were saying, I think you briefly, briefly touched on it just now where you said oftentimes insecurities like most issues that we have in adulthood stem from childhood or they, they stem from where we came from. Right. Yeah. So it's usually dealing with the past. And when we when we were preparing for this particular session and I was reading through the story of Moses, it's, it's amazing how the simplest Bible stories that you think, you know, mm-hmm. there's always at least one or two details that you kind of miss and you may have not caught the last time you read it or when you were younger, you know, and you were fed the Bible story, you know, certain things sort of get glazed over. And when you reread it with different eyes, Mm -hmm. you catch things that you didn't catch. And when I was reading the story of Moses, how it began, how, how his story began, I was like, wow, like what he dealt with in the wilderness when he saw 
the burning bush and he had the questions of himself and he was faced with the self-doubt and insecurities that he expressed to God, Mm -hmm. they probably stemmed from his childhood and from where he came from. Um, You know, his story starts off, you know, with the Pharaoh basically decreeing, you know, he saw that the Israelites had multiplied and Mm -hmm. it seemed like the more they were oppressed and the more they were afflicted, Mm -hmm. they began to multiply even more. And he's like, okay, well, I got to stop this. This, We need to nip this in the bud. So let's make sure every boy that's born gets killed. Right. And so when Moses was born, you know, his mother obviously from the leading of the spirit of God to prompt her to preserve his life because of what his future held. She put him in a basket and let the tides carry him. But all the while his sister was watching over him. And it says that the Pharaoh's daughter sees the basket and the sister follows the basket and sees when, when she sees that the Pharaoh has caught the basket and see opens it up and sees Moses inside She says, do you want me to fetch a midwife to nurse him? Mm -hmm. Because the the Pharaoh's daughter has said, oh, this is a Hebrew um, child. So then the sister watching out all the while goes, "Okay, well, I have the perfect midwife for you. I bet she did his mother. So the Pharaoh's daughter allows her to take Moses to his mother and his mother is the one that ends up. Um, nursing him and nursing him. And but what was interesting was the fact that it says he went to his mother as a baby and she nursed him. And Moses wasn't returned to Pharaoh's daughter until he grew up. So that means there was a block of time. Mm-hmm. And we all know, like if, if you studied um, uh, child development, you know, there are very formidable years yeah. where a lot of the core of who the child becomes mm-hmm. is in those young ages between being like a toddler to being like an actual kid, yeah. right? Yeah. Like approaching adolescence. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was really interesting that Moses was returned once he was. So basically all of those years of influence as a young child were spent with his mother, his mm-hmm. actual biological mother reinforcing Mm-hmm. So his mother's nursing him and all the while probably teaching him and instilling those things in him. That's who he really who was. He really was, yeah. So God preserved him, his life, and allowed him to live. Once he was nursed and he grew to a certain age, he allowed him to return to Pharaoh's daughter. But all the while, the seed of who he really was was always inside him. Yeah. But then there was that dichotomy or that conflict between who he was mm-hmm. and who he was raised to be. Mm. And when when I read that and I saw that, it made me go, wow, that's probably where a lot of our insecurities stem from yeah. and start. Like that was the beginning of the conflict, the internal conflict that he faced between who he was raised to be and who he was expected to be and then who he really was internally. Mm. Right. And then also seeing who he was attached to, what they did. So later on in his life, I'm not exactly sure when because it doesn't say how old he was. Mm -hmm. But because of who he was, there was that conflict and he's seeing his people being oppressed and something rose up in him. Right. Mm -hmm. And he saw Egyptian soldiers Mm -hmm. basically abusing 
uh, a Hebrew slave and something rises up in him and he smites. And what this this was another interesting uh, fact. Let me see if I can find it and actually read it. So verse 10, uh, we're we're coming from Exodus. I'm sorry, I I probably should have said that in the beginning. I just got started in Exodus 2. And I'm going to start at the at the 10th verse. Um, It says, and the child grew and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she called him Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. So there he again is who he is internally coupled with who he's expected to be. And he spied on Egyptian, an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. So he's looking to see if anybody can see. Mm-hmm. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Mm-hmm. Intendest thou to kill me as thou killedst the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. So basically what he thought was a secret, what he did in secret. And this speaks to the fact that, you know, a lot of times we make mistakes and we act on emotion and and impulse. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there is a little tinge of justification in our Mm -hmm. impulse, but because we, we don't step back and assess the situation. And for whatever reason, we make mistakes and they follow us. They this is, us. they haunt us. Yeah. And this also adds and contributes to our, our feelings of self doubt and insecurity Absolutely. because we're faced with what we remember. And this, like you said, in the beginning ties in with pretty much the beginning when we started with forgiving ourselves and mm-hmm. condemnation and, you know, rejection, all those things that, sort of lead to an overall sense of insecurity and self-doubt, right? So here Moses is realizing that his secret has been found out and what he acted on, on impulse, because of what was inside of him and who he was, that conflict, he acted out on that without thinking. And now he's made a a terrible mistake Mm -hmm. that he's going to have to pay for. And it says, Pharaoh finds this out. He hears these things and he sought to slay Moses. And because of that, Moses runs. And, you know, like you said, most of us know the, the, the general gist of Moses's story, how he runs into basically obscurity into hiding because of, um, what he did. did. So he runs and he's kind of just like, chilling in the wilderness, you know, where, or, or the desert, you know, where nobody knows him. Mm-hmm. And we go down a little further and it says, now the priest of Midian had several daughters and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Ruel, their, their father, he said, how is it that ye are come so soon today? So basically, how are you back so soon? Like, you know, how did you get everything done so fast? And he's, they said, 
An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered the flock. Now, this was something also interesting that I noticed the fact that they identified him as an Egyptian. Now he's removed from where he was. He's mm -hmm. no longer in the midst of his Egyptian family. He's now run away from who he was, but because of the conflict within himself with who he was raised to be versus who he is. Sometimes th this speaks to us how sometimes who we were follows us and yep. that that identity is attached to us. And so we're wrestling with who people perceive us to be and who they've always known us to be versus who we really are inside. Mm -hmm. And we'll see further on mm -hmm. um, when Moses finally comes to the knowledge of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God does not address him as an Egyptian right. like the shepherds did. Mm -hmm. He addresses him who he really is. You, your father is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's yeah. who you are. But the shepherds identified him as an Egyptian because that's who was on him. That's mm -hmm. who he, that, that's the identity he wore. And so I'm sure that was, all of this was shaping the insecurities and the self-doubt with who he was versus who he was expected to be. So, you know, I mean, that was a mouthful that I just said, but yeah. I wanted to kind of, I guess, set the stage or sort of paint the picture, the backdrop of, of who Moses was before this encounter with God, because this is, this, this encounter is what we all hope to uh, experience Amen. as well, because Amen. this encounter is what allows us to get over the hump of our insecurities and our self-doubt and questioning yep. who we are and who God called us to be and what and the, the task or the specific purpose, the purpose yeah. that God from the beginning, uh -huh. because Moses's purpose was from the beginning. That's why. God he should have been dead. He should have been dead. And, and it, just like every other Hebrew yeah. mother who lost a son, Moses's mother could have very well just resolved to say, oh, well, there goes my son. I, yeah. I just I, I lost a son. But something in her caused her and prompted her to preserve his life because of the purpose that was set out from the beginning. So, again, you know, it just speaks to who God calls us to be and the purpose that he has inside of us that he preserves, but we still are faced with those insecurities and, and the self-doubt and that we wrestle with because of our backstory. Yeah. And all of us have a backstory. And that's why that, that story is so beautiful. And you did an awesome job of bringing it together, you know, just kind of putting us in that story, like putting ourselves in Moses shoes, how that conflict with, you know, who you, who you're supposed to be and who God called you to be. And I think that's where um, we have to decide what are we going to say matters most? Does it matter more what people say you are or are you seeking after who God has designed you to be? Right. Because that's your mold. That, that's what it is. And that's why a lot of us are frustrated in our lives. A lot of us, you know, um, unfulfilled, no matter how much you accomplish, you know, because it wasn't it wasn't God's goal for you. That was yours. So you're accomplishing your own goal. But the fulfillment of your life comes from God's goal for you. So chapter four, chapter three and four is kind of like where we go into and chapter four specifically is where everything culminates. Moses comes face to face with God and God meets him where he runs away. 
right? And this is the beautiful thing about God. Like no matter where you go, no matter how, how much you've done in your life, God knows where you are. So you can run into the desert. You can run anywhere else you want to run. At the end of the day, God loves you enough to pursue you. And if he has to put himself in a bush and make your curiosity wonder, what is this bush doing lighting up out here for you to go over there to see him and meet him? Then that's what God will do, because that's how important his assignment for your life is. Verse 10 really speaks to the heart of our conversation with God. Once we discover that God might have something special for us, that God might have a purpose for us that's outside of what we've known. Right. Verse 10 says this is Exodus 4 and 10. But Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent either in my past or since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who's made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Verse 13. But he said to the Lord, O Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. Now, this is interesting because no matter how much and this is where I think we have to be careful. And this is where that conflict of the past comes in where God tells you who you are very intimately. He reveals things about you to yourself. He shows you who you are. There's interactions that you have with people. They may be compliments. There may be certain things that people say to you, or you may help people in a way where who you are is actually leaking out, right? Similar to what Moses' conflict was when he killed the Egyptian. Who he really is leaked out, and it caused him to make a decision, caused him to do something on impulse, right? So who you really are is leaking out of you throughout your life. Until you get to a moment where you surrender and you say, God, okay, show me the whole picture. When God shows you the picture and God seeks to reveal who you really are to you, that's when that insecurity and self-doubt comes up. Because a lot of times we have been living our lives our way for so long that God is coming and introducing another way. It conflicts with like we don't see it as a possibility of being successful. Yeah. I was just going to add, and yeah. also because the memory mm-hmm. of what we've done, which speaks to, like we said before, the guilt, the guilt and, and condemnation and not forgiving yourself because you remember what yeah. you've done. So there's there's that tendency will cause you to be insecure about what you're supposed to do because you remember what you already did. Yeah. So how can I do that when I've done this? And they won't listen to me. Right. And that disqualifies me from even. Yeah. Yeah. So Moses says, Lord, I can't talk. How am I supposed to go up there? I, I can't talk. And, I, and before you even spoke to me until you telling me all this, I couldn't even speak back then. So here comes the past, right? My own self-evaluation of my lack, I hold that higher than what God is telling me, right? Then God just basically says, okay, hold on now. Who made man's mouth? Who created the mouth? Who made people, some people blind, some people deaf? Who made who made people that way? Who created the whole idea of a mouth? Was it not me, the Lord? 
And I think that's probably one of the most humbling things to even think about, right? A lot of times we judge ourselves, our skills, our abilities, you know, what we can do, what we can't do. And we, we judging it on a standard equilateral to each other, right? When you had no hand in your own creation, like you had no hand in how you speak, who you were born to, how you're built, what your family line is, all that stuff was given to you. Right. And it was given to you by God for a specific purpose. So if God is saying, I'm calling you to this, I want you to do this. God is not saying, go do it on your own. God never says, you right, Moses, you're not slow to speak. God just reminds him who made the mouth that you consider slow to speak. God doesn't co-sign on the insecurity. God says, for your insecurity, I will be with you. I will be with that mouth that you feel is not good enough to do what I'm telling you to do. And not only will I be with your mouth, I will be with your brother's mouth. I'm going to give you what to say. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to just be with your mouth. I'm going to teach you exactly what to say. And the beautiful thing about the whole Moses uh, story is God tells Moses everything. He even tells him that Pharaoh is not going to listen. He tells him, I'm going to use you to bring all these signs upon the people. And at the end of the day, they're going to be set free. Verse 13. Then he says again, but Lord, please send someone else. Right. So here's a decision that we all have to make in our lives. This is this is this is the point where the rubber meets the road with a lot of us. God is going to give you a choice and he's going to take all of your excuses away to see whether your obedience and your willingness to obey will supersede how you see yourself. I can't talk. I didn't come from the right family. Whatever our excuses are, God takes that away with, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to be with your mouth and I'm going to teach you what to do. That wasn't good enough. And I think this is where the whole heart of insecurity and self-doubt comes in. When what God says and God's help and God's aid and God's confidence in us is not enough. And we choose to lean on our own abilities because we end up doing it ourselves, And that's the problem. And that's what happens to us. We feel the pressure to have to do things ourselves, to have to live this life ourselves, to have to accomplish all these things by ourselves. When the truth is you don't have the ability to meet your own standard, but God empowers you to meet his. And that reminds me of, um, the, the a prior series uh, when we talked about, you know, identity crisis and we were in mm -hmm. Ephesians and how basically like the theme of the book was that your identity comes through Christ. Like yeah. you're not you're no longer yourself. You're, you're putting on the, the whole purpose and point is to put on Christ mm -hmm. and find your identity through him. So I think counteracting insecurity one of the, the, the best ways or key ways to do it would be to constantly remind yourself and put yourself, put ourselves, because it's me included. Yeah. <laughs> put ourselves in a place of um, taking the pressure off of us and embracing our identity in Christ. Yeah. Like putting him on like a robe, like clothing, and rather than having to worry about sprucing ourselves up, mm -hmm. just cover ourselves up completely. Cause the truth is your insecurities, there, there is some validity to it. You know, if, if it's, if there, there is an insecurity, then that means there is a lack somewhere. There is a deficiency. We all have them. Mm -hmm. 
that you have a deficiency, I have a deficiency, mm-hmm. we all have them. Yep. So, again, the, the conflict is with whether or not you're going to embrace Christ and his strength versus your own strength. And, and if, if you go in your own strength, then, yeah, you are going to be susceptible to, you know, your deficiencies telling on you and you not being able to fulfill what you're supposed to do versus walking and embracing the identity and power of Christ. Now you're able, you have the strength to do what you're supposed to do because it's not you, it's him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just think that we need to just take, take, take a check, an internal check and pay attention to what, who's setting the goals for your life, right? Whose standard are you trying to live by? Right. Are you trying to live by the standard of society, the standard of your peers, the standard of what you should have done by this age, whatever? Whose standard is driving your life? That is the heart of how secure we feel in ourselves. Whether we believe it or not, we were created by God for a specific purpose on this earth. So dealing with who we desire to be and who we authentically were made to be by God himself, coming into agreement with what God is saying our life should be, is going to allow the true fulfillment of our life to be manifest. Your confidence does not come from your own abilities. Your confidence comes from your accepting who God said you are. The beautiful thing about Moses' story is we can watch Moses come into more and more and more and more of shedding the Egyptian part. Like we watched that whole process happen. And the Egyptian part of him was important because it taught him politics and how to deal with communicating with a Pharaoh. So that was important, but that wasn't meant to be his identity long-term. It was a tool. And a lot of times God gives us experiences in our lives and they're tools, tools to use to help us to come into his purpose for us and not our own. So this is what we wanted to share with you, you all today about insecurity and self-doubt. Yeah, there's some things in our lives, some, 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 some things in our past that we've done, some things that still haunt us to this day, that if we let them, they will steal our future. They will steal our purpose. They will steal our confidence. They will rob us of peace. They will rob us of the freedom of Christ. But as we think back to the rest of this series, forgiving yourself, overcoming uh, bitterness, regret, shame, all the things that we did for these past two months that we've talked about, all these things, the culmination of them is to help us today to come into a confident relationship with the Lord, that no matter what my past is, no matter what my flaws are, no matter what I have done, that my relationship with God is solidified, not because of me, but because of his confidence in me. And I'm going to believe in who he says I am and prioritize that over everything else. Amen. Amen. And just remembering that God is just like God was with Moses in the midst of, and it, I, I know you just closed, but I, it, no. I just thought about um, Paul, how he, you know, when he was talking about the thorn and he asked God three times to remove the thorn that he had, and God said, my grace is sufficient. Yeah. I'm not going to remove the thorn. My grace will just be enough to get you through mm. dealing with it. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, oftentimes God doesn't take away the things. So the things that we're insecure about, he may never take away. Mm-hmm. He may never take away your stuttering. He may not. Ne- he, he, he won't take away your appearance. You are who you are. He won't take away uh, your, your background, the family you came from. But he, his grace is sufficient. Amen. And just like he told Moses, I'll be with you. And when Moses said, who sent, who will send me? Who should I say sent me? Who am I speaking on, on whose behalf? He said, just say, I am that I am. Right. I, 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 I'm, I'm enough. Mm-hmm. I am Amen. everything that would, any question that would arise, the answer is I am. So God is with you. Amen. That's it. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for yet another day that you you have shown us your love, your grace and your mercies and your faithfulness. God, we thank you and we praise you, God. I pray, God, that as we have uh, explored what it means to be truly converted and sanctified. Yes, Lord. And the things that would cause us to not fully walk into our purpose Mm. and who you have called us to be and to accomplish what you set our hands to do. I pray that you would remind us of the solutions and the remedies that are found in your word and that are found in you, God, so that we will fully be able to embrace who we are in you, God. Yes, Lord. Let us put down rejection and our bitterness and our self-doubt and not forgiving ourselves, God. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth easily beset us. And let us run to the end and let us attain the prize that you have set before us, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would look on the individual's heart that's listening, God. I pray that you would address those hidden things inside that they may not have even expressed to themselves, God. I pray that you would continue to do the work in us, God. Uproot everything that is not like you, God, that would cause us to not be who you called us to be. Lord, I pray, God, that we would walk in complete and total freedom in you, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give us the grace to deal with the things that will not change, that cannot change, that you will not allow to change. I pray that you give us the mercy when we fall short, God, of the calling. I pray, God, that you would give us your favor, to obtain and get the things that we are not eligible to get on our own, God. I pray that you would bless us with your favor, God. I thank you and I praise you for being God to us. In Jesus' name, We hope you've been blessed by what we shared. You can follow us at Sunday Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook, where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.